sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are exceedingly glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. So glad that you are here with us on this evening. And listen, let me tell you up front, I need your prayers, y'all, because TA is not here tonight. Amen. TA is not running our technology for us tonight. That's all in my hand. So I'm going to need your grace. I'm going to need you to be merciful and say a prayer uh, that we get through this all together. Amen. I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. Uh, but certainly, um, y'all pray that TA gets back with us real soon. <laughs> Amen. Good evening, everyone. Good to see everybody. Let's see who, who all is with us on tonight. Amen. Sister Harris is with us on tonight. God bless you, Sister Duvall. God bless you. Good to see you on tonight. Sister Langford is with us. God bless you. Good to see you on tonight. Sister Roberts is in the house. God bless you, Sister Roberts. Sister Howard is in the house as well. Amen. Our friend over in 
Alabama, Linda Wilson is with us on tonight. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Wilson. Doris Gross, good evening to you. Terry Gray, good evening to you. Sharon Henderson is in the house tonight. God bless you all. Good to see all of you. Go ahead and share this with your neighbors and your friends. Let them know uh, that you are watching K Chapel Live and we are getting into our Bible study for tonight. Again, God bless you. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for always being here on Wednesday nights. Look at everybody is still here. Everybody is coming in the room. Kanita Kitchen, God bless you. Uh, Shirley Owens is with us. God bless you. Chloe, God bless you, is with us. Amen. And thank you for your service uh, in our praise team. You all always do an awesome job. Uh, Pierre Dallas is with us tonight. God bless you. Good to see you. Betty Palmer is with us uh, on tonight as well. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to get to y'all. I can't get to y'all. Amen. I'm trying to see who, who all is here. Francis Moody is with us. God bless you. So many are joining us. Amen. I can't see everybody, but I see you all are joining in. Dorothy Minifield, Mother Minifield, God bless you, Mother Minifield. Good to see you on tonight as well. Uh, Rodney Nicholson, God bless you, brother. Amen. David Miller, Jr. from uh, Houston, Texas. Amen. Amen. Good to see you. God bless you. God, I told you all, listen, we are everywhere. Houston, uh, Alabama, Georgia, Indiana, Illinois, uh, California. I, I, I got a, a word from um, New Jersey the other day. God bless you. Uh, so thank you all for just being in and tuning in with us. Uh, always you make our hearts glad uh, knowing that uh, the word is get, getting out uh, and you continue to be blessed uh, by that word. Amen. 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 And amen. God bless you. Listen, let's say a word of prayer and we will get into our study for tonight. Eternal God, our Father, how grateful, how thankful we are for being so good unto us, for blessing us and bringing us to this appointed moment, this appointed hour. God, we pray your blessings upon this study of your word. We pray, oh God, that you would give us insight and understanding. You would open our eyes to the truth of your word, uh, to the seed of the gospel. And Lord, that as that seed is planted in the fertile soil of our hearts and our minds and our spirits, God, that that seed would germinate, take root, germinate, and produce fruit in our lives, the fruit of the spirit, that we would be more gentle, we would be more humble, we would be loving and faithful. God, that we would practice long-suffering, gentleness, and meekness. Lord, we pray that all of the fruit of the Spirit would reside within us, and that it would multiply and overflow in our lives and in the lives of those who are around us. Lord, now have your way in this thy service. We ask it in Jesus' name. For his sake we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, I told you T.A. is not with us tonight. So listen, do me a favor. Go ahead and get your Bibles right now, because all that 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 good stuff that that T.A. has spoiled you with in terms of bringing the scriptures up and and you don't have to do anything. Guess what? Won't be happening tonight, folks. <laughs> you need your own Bible. You need your own Bible tonight. Amen. So go ahead and get your Bible. Crack that Bible open. We're going to uh, go to the gospel according to St. Matthew, Matthew chapter 22, Matthew chapter 22. Go ahead and get your Bibles. I'm going to give you a moment. Amen. I'm going to give you a moment. Matthew chapter 22. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 22. 
And while you're getting your Bibles, amen, while you're getting your Bibles, let, let me let me start with a bit of trivia. Let's see if anyone can do that. And don't Google the answer. All right. Don't Google the answer. Let me ask, let me let me ask a question. How many, how many laws, how many Jewish laws are there? When 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 you think about the Pharisees and and when you think about Paul saying he was a Pharisee of the Pharisee, he was a keeper of the law. Uh, how many laws were there in the Old Testament? Don't Google it. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. You can just throw some guesses up right now. How many laws do you think there were uh, that the uh, Pharisees uh, were were trying to keep and all, all uh, Jewish people, uh, those of Jewish descent? How many laws, how many Old Testament laws do you think there were? All right, all right, let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's see, 600 and, 600 and something, all right, all right. 600, let's see, Doral Sanders says 663. Good, good, Polly Williams, five. Uh, Donetta, is that Bayless, more than 600? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I got some Bible scholars in here tonight. I got some Bible scholars in here tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, six hundred, if I've got it right, six hundred and thirteen is is what I recall. Six hundred and thirteen. Now you you can you can you can uh, Google it and see if I'm right, but that's what I that's what I remember. Um, uh, but certainly over six hundred. Yes, over six hundred. I want you to look at Matthew, Matthew 22, Matthew 22, beginning with verse number 35, Matthew 22, beginning with verse number 35. I'm going to read five verses, 35 through 40. It reads as follows. It says, then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him saying, Master, which is the great commandment of the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So in this text, in this text, Jesus is being, um, well, the Bible uses the term tempted. He's being tested. You know, you, you, you have, you have, uh, Back in the day, we used to we used to call them smart alecks or know it alls, um, and and you you might say that that in Jesus's day you had you had some know it alls, the Pharisees and Sadducees. These were the ones who who um, presented themselves uh, as 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 the 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 keepers of the law, the ones who knew the law and and practiced the law and and try to enforce the law and make sure others knew and kept the law. And so Jesus comes along and, and calls himself uh, 
presents himself as the son of God. You can imagine that didn't set too well with uh, the religious uh, scholars and keepers of the law of that day. And so part of their job, uh, as they saw it, was to vet anyone uh, who who made such claims uh, and to find fault, to find error uh, in who these people were and prove them to be false, false prophets. And so when Jesus comes along and calls himself the son of God, the Pharisees, of course, don't think too kindly of that. They decide we're going to test uh, this, this guy, find out more about him. Uh, see if he, first of all, even knows the law of God. He calls himself the son of God. Let's see if he understands even the law of God. And it, and it begins in verse 15, verse 15 of Matthew 22. Uh, it talks about the Pharisees seeking uh, to entangle him. Uh, and and, and they, they, they then bring to him a question. And they ask the question, is it lawful uh, to give tribute to Caesar? attempting to entangle him. Jesus, of course, asks for a coin and asks whose image is on the coin. They say, well, that Caesar's image is on the coin. And Jesus answers then and says, give therefore to Caesar that which is Caesar's. In other words, he's saying, you're not going to entangle me in this issue of whether or not uh, we should pay taxes. No, it, that that's that belongs to Caesar. Give it to Caesar. His his image is on it. Um, uh, we, we're we're not going to play this game of 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 you know being um, uh, rebellious um, against government. That that's 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 part of of what's happening. And and I understand. Jesus says, I understand. We are. Uh, 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 being enforced upon by the Roman government. I'm not going to issue rebellion by the Jews against uh, Rome. Give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. So he avoids that, that entanglement. And then the Sadducees come along. Sadducees come along and, and they raise an issue about, um, um, uh, about the resurrection and basically asking uh, if 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 a man uh, was was married, and you, you got to read it for yourself. They go through this long, drawn out uh, uh, question about uh, whose wife uh, is is the man's uh, in in once they get into heaven. Uh, if 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 they've been remarried and they've died and they've taken on new wives and that sort of thing. Well, when they get to heaven. Uh, whose wife is it? And Jesus says, wait a minute, you, you got to be kidding me. You, you, you're asking me um, who, who's married in heaven? He says, you, you, you don't even understand um, uh, that, that, that in heaven, there, there, there is no, there is not marriage uh, in heaven. Uh, he says, no, no one belongs to anyone in heaven. We are all 
uh, angels of God. We are all children of God. Um, and so even though we like to imagine, even though we like to imagine uh, our loved ones and perhaps our parents who have gone on or grandparents who have gone on and they were married for so many years here on earth, it says, listen, you got to understand in heaven, uh, we, we are brothers and sisters. Uh, we, we, we're not given to marriage uh, in heaven. So it avoids that, that conflict. And, but then when we get to this text, verse 35, here is now this, this issue raised about the law. And of those 600 plus laws that Jews were to keep, question is asked, well, what are the most important? Which ones are the most, um, the greatest of all of these commandments? And Jesus does something phenomenal. He does something that helps to put a a a a a, a, a nice ribbon <laughs> on these 613 laws he says listen you you can you can try and go through the rest of your life keeping these 613 laws and and you're going to fail number 1 cuz nobody can keep those laws perfectly. He says, but if you want to practice not the letter of the law, but keep the spirit of the law, he says, here's what you need to do. Practice these two things. Love God with all of your heart with all of your spirit or soul and with all of your mind. He says, that's the, that's the greatest of all the commandments. He says, if, 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 you were to, if you were to boil all of those 600 plus laws down to the least common denominator, he says, there are two that are gonna rise to the top in terms of the spirit of God's law. One, love God with everything you got. And then two, love your neighbor as yourself. And that's it. And he boils those 600 plus laws down to two. These two. And I'm, I'm not going to use all of our time tonight. I'm going to tell you that up front. But, but um, I, I, want us to, I want us to look at these two laws and really lean into loving God and loving our neighbors. Here's what Jesus says. Love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Three things. Three components that Jesus says need to be involved in our love of God. First one, your heart. And I love the fact 
that Jesus puts heart square and center in our love for God. Why? Because Jesus says, if you're going to love God, you have to have, first of all, your emotions involved. The heart is the place of emotions. He says, you should be passionate in your love of God. You, you, you should not divorce passion from praise. You, you should not divorce passion from worship. You should not divorce passion from the study of God's word. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. There ought to be some passion involved in your love of God. Amen, somebody. In, in, in other words, in other words, you, you ought to let the Lord know that you love him and be passionate about it. And, and watch this. You, you, you know when somebody, you, there's a difference. There's a difference in somebody saying I love you and somebody showing that they love you. Help me somebody. And passion, passion helps to show that you love that person, that you're saying you love them. You, you, you know, you can, you can articulate it, but the passion behind it is the demonstration that says, I love you. And Jesus says, don't just give God lip service, but let there be some passion behind what you say. Love him with all your heart. That means when we come into worship, you ought to bring your heart. Help me, somebody. You, you should not just sit there and look at everybody else. You should bring your heart to the place of worship. Some of us can never get to the part, the, the place of heartful worship because we're consumed with so much, we're distracted by so many other things and we haven't brought our heart to worship. We're, we're checking out the spaces of worship. We're checking out the furniture and the furnishings and, and we're trying to make sure that everything is in place. And, and we're so distracted by the stuff that we never get our heart involved in worship. Good God. And Jesus says, listen, love God with your heart. Don't, don't, just, don't just love him with your lips because we all know, and Jesus says this, uh, you, you know, our lips are close to him, but our hearts are far away from him. We say we love him, but our hearts are distanced from him. And so Jesus says, listen, love God with all of your heart, your passion, your emotions. And watch this, not just an emotional praise, watch this, but an obedient praise. Remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. And part of heartful worship is saying, Lord, I'm not only emotional about you, but I am obedient to you. That's loving him with your heart. 
Loving him with your heart is not just an emotional response, but it is an obedient response. Talk to me, somebody. So, so love God with all of your heart. That means I'm passionate towards God in my praise, but I'm also obedient to God through keeping his word, loving him with all your heart. Secondly, love him with all your soul or spirit. That means that, means that the essence of who we are, the essence of who you are, needs to love God. The essence of your being, everything when the minute part of who you are, the smallest part of your being, the essence and the kernel of who you are, Jesus says that needs to be in tune and in touch with the eternal God. Love God with all your heart and with all your soul. That, that is a deep down love. That's the kind of love, watch this y'all, that's the kind of love that doesn't change because circumstances change. When you love him with your soul, that means come what may in life, your love for God is rock solid. When you love him with your soul, when your soul has been rocked, when your soul has been shaken, when you love him with your soul, that your love for him remains firm. Your love for God remains firm. Jesus is saying to us, listen, don't love God superficially. Don't, love, don't have this surface level love for God. Love him deeply the essence of your being, of who you are, ultimately loves and longs for the Lord. That's why the psalmist says, as, as, the, as the deer pants by the water or the brook, so does my soul long for you. That's loving him with your soul. Thirdly, watch this, loving with all your heart, with all your soul, and watch this, y'all, and with all of your mind. Now, this flies in the face of a lot of stuff that's just said that I think oftentimes we just say it to, to sound cute and everything else. You, you hear folks say, you, you ought to lose your mind for the Lord and, and, and praise him till you lose your mind and all that stuff. Listen. Jesus said, listen, bring your mind to worship. Don't lose your mind. Keep your mind. Keep your mind fully engaged. Love him with your mind. That means, that means, watch this, 
So, so loving him with my heart, that's my emotions and my obedience, loving him with my soul, that's my spirit, the essence, but loving him with my mind, Jesus says, bring your intellect to this equation. Bring your intellect into your love of God. In other words, you need to seek to know who God is and not be satisfied with what you knew him to be and what you know him to be right now, but seek to know him more tomorrow than you knew him today. Seek to know more about him tomorrow than you knew today. Every day with your intellect, I want to know more about God. I want to understand more about how God operates. I want to know more about God's will and God's ways. I want to know more about what God's what God wants of me and out of me and for me. Bring my intellect. Stay engaged. Don't watch this. Don't just leave it up to the preacher to tell me what the word of God says. Bring my intellect to my relationship with God. God gave you a mind to be engaged. And Jesus says, love him with your heart, with your soul, and with your mind. Study to show thyself approved. A workman. Come on, y'all. Who understands, not easily uh, 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 distracted by the world and, and other things, but but who understands the word of God. So love the Lord with your emotions, your heart, your obedience. Love the Lord with your soul and your spirit. Love the Lord with your mind, your intellect. Is anybody hearing me tonight? And then lastly, Jesus says, this, now that's the first commandment. That's the first commandment. Now, I don't know how many of those 600 plus commandments were wrapped up in, in, in number one, but however many are left, he says, this commandment will take care of the rest of them. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus huh, tells a parable about who one's neighbor is. Because the question is raised, who is my neighbor? And unfortunately, it's the same question that's raised even today. We, we may not, we may not put it in those terms, but we're asking the same question. When we try to figure out to whom and which countries we will send aid and which countries we don't, we're asking that question, who is my neighbor? When we, when we craft immigration policies, and allow some in 
and seeing others back. And both are just trying to escape issues of terror. It's the same question, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus, Jesus says, listen, let there be no, no question or equivocation about the definition of one's neighbor. So he tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. Y'all know that. Man is left for dead. Robbed and left for dead. On the road to Jericho. Priest walks by. Sees him. Crosses to the other side. Levi, a Levite, walks by, sees him, and crosses to the other side. And mind you, these, these men who cross over to the other side are fellow Jewish brothers of this man who had been robbed and left for dead. And along comes Samaritan. And in that day, of course, you know, a Samaritan was seen, viewed as a half-breed, not one who is fully accepted into the family of God or as in the lineage of Abraham. But is that Samaritan who shows compassion upon this Jew who was not watched this technically his Fool brother. You, you remember the story. He he, um, he tends to his wounds, bandages them, puts him upon his beast, takes him into town, puts him up in a lodge, tells the innkeeper to take care of him and to put the bill on him, and that when he would return, he would take care of that bill. Jesus tells that parable and then looks at these men who asked the question, who is my neighbor, and says, now you tell me. Who's the neighbor? Is it the ones who, whose blood said that they were neighbors? Or is it the one whose deeds and whose benevolence said they were neighbors? Jesus says, listen, when it comes to loving our neighbors, first thing we got to recognize is that we're 99 point whatever percent alike there's very little in terms of humanity there's very little biologically and and otherwise there's very little difference that we can stand on to say 
we're 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 so much different from one another. We we are we are men and women created in the image and after the likeness of God. And biologically, I don't I don't have you know I I don't know all of it, but 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 the little that I've read, there's very little that that makes us different. That's why doctors can operate on any human. You hear what I'm saying? Because once they get past this skin, once they get into the systems, it's all the same. It's the same heart, the same lungs, the same organs, the same veins and tissues and ligaments and muscles. It doesn't matter what your race is, your gender. That's, that body is the same. We make us different. And what Jesus says is you got to understand all of the systems that we've created and all of the structures and definitions that we put into place to distinguish ourselves from one, from one another and cause spaces and gulfs and gaps between us. He said, that's, that's some man-made stuff. Love your neighbor as yourself. That means this. And when I look at people, when I look at people, first thing I ought to see is not what makes us different, but what makes us the same. And what makes us the same is that we all have been created in the image of God. God's fingerprint is on all of us. Which means, and which gives me then, because when I look at my neighbor, I should not be immediately drawn to what's different about us, but rather what's the same. And what's the same is that person is a child, a creation, the image of my father, which allows me to love my neighbor. I think when we start seeing people as God's creation, rather than in all of the definitions that we have created, we'll start to love people. People and their differences, people and the distinctions, people and, and everything that, yeah, that makes them different from who we are, our, different philosophies and, and different lifestyles and, and everything else that makes us makes us different. If we start to look at who they are as children of God, we will see there's more to them to love than there is for us to separate ourselves from. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. So listen, I uh, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I've had that. I, I didn't even see. I've had that up on. I told you TA was not with us tonight. So I'm sorry. I had that on the screen all this time. But uh, listen, I'm through for tonight. Let's love God. And let's love one another. Let's love God. And let's love each other. Amen. All 600 plus laws are contained in those two. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have summed up so much in two commandments. And Lord, we pray now that you give us the strength the strength to obey these two, to love you with all of the passion and all of the obedience, to love you with all of the intellect, to love you with all of the essence of who we are, and then to love one another. God, give us that, that capacity Give us that will to tap into that capacity. Lord, we pray now for all who suffer sickness, all who suffer loss. We pray, oh God, that you would be with them and guide them and protect them. Lord, we pray that you would increase now our faith to be all that you've called and commanded us to be to love you, to love one another. Granted, O oh God, in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. I love you, and I pray that we love each other. We'll see you later. God bless. Good night.